to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, June 22nd, and the 14-game featured slate kicking off just past 7 p.m. Eastern Time on DraftKings. That's right, the first 14-game slate we've had on Tuesday in quite some time. I think we've had three straight full league 15-game slates, but there is one afternoon game on Tuesday. So, you know, just a 14-gamer for us to break down. Uh, we will get to that in just a second. We will also break down some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. However, before we do either of those two things, let us talk about prize picks. If you head on over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. You're going to want to do that. You're going to want to play prize picks anyway. It's really fun. You pick over-unders on fantasy point props, single stat props. They've got every sport imaginable. We're obviously going to focus on baseball. But these are the two picks that really stand out to me on Tuesday's slate. Let's start with a game we're probably going to talk a lot about. That is the White Sox in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates and left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson. I like Jose Abreu to go over seven fantasy points in this particular matchup. Abreu's numbers against lefties this season, I, I should preface this by saying they're very good. He's got a 338 isolated power against Southpaws. They're just not like the Herculean numbers we saw last season. So I can see why maybe this prop isn't seven and a half or eight, like I was kind of expecting it to be, but seven just seems low for a right-handed batter of Abreu's caliber, who has a history of hitting left-handed pitching exceedingly well, especially considering the left-handed pitcher in question is Tyler Anderson, who I've kind of liked at times in 2021, but his last five starts have been rough. In fact, in that five-start span, opponents have a 602 slugging percentage and a 401 WOBA in that span of time. He's also giving up 2.6 home runs per nine in that five outing stretch. So the wheels are starting to come off for Tyler Anderson. Chicago is obviously a team that hits left-handed pitching very, very well. So there should be ducks in the pond. There should be opportunities for Abreu to score, or maybe he just hits a home run and renders everything else moot and just gets over the seven fantasy point prop really easily. The other prop I wanted to talk about is a really interesting prop. Bryce Harper. Not often will I be talking about Bryce Harper in a negative context. However, I don't understand this line. It's almost like they made it not remembering that Max Scherzer is going to be pitching tomorrow for the Nationals. Bryce Harper under nine fantasy points. Nine. We so rarely see the number nine in terms of the fantasy point props. I am shocked is attached to a guy going up against Max Scherzer. Uh, and again, it's not as if, you know, you can pluck basically any stat out of the air as to why Max Scherzer is incredible, but specifically against left-handed batters so far this season, Scherzer has only given up a 197 WOBA to LHBs. The only pitcher in baseball, the only right-handed qualified pitcher in baseball who that is better than is Jacob deGrom, or I guess worse than. Worse than would be the one I want. Anyway, the only person doing better against lefties as a right-hander is Jacob deGrom, which, of course, he is. So, among mortal humans, 
Max Scherzer has shut down lefties like few have so far this season. So I think Bryce Harper goes under this number, I mean, heavily. Maybe Max Scherzer doesn't throw 100 pitches in this game. I don't quite know how that's going to work out, but still, this it just seems too high. So under 9 for Bryce Harper, over 7 for Jose Abreu. Now, let's talk about this 14-game featured slate because I have to say this right off the top. There's usually like... a a sort of thesis statement I like to have about each particular slate. The thesis statement on Tuesday is this might be the best crop of pitchers we've had on a single slate since opening day. It's incredible. The top half of the pitching slate on Tuesday, we've got Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Freddie Peralta, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, Zach Gallen, Sandy Alcantara, Blake Snell, and Charlie Morton. And you may say, okay, Charlie Morton doesn't deserve to be in that class of pitcher anymore. But, you know, he almost threw a no-hitter the last time he took the mound. So I'm going to toss Charlie Morton a bone and put him into this category. That is stacked. Again, 14 games, so you're going to get some good pitchers. But maybe maybe I've also had the sort of, like, juxtaposition of I've, I've just covered some really bad pitching slates lately. But, Wow. There are some great names on that list. And obviously, because of the surplus of amazing pitching options, some guys seem like they're a little too cheap. There's also some guys who just seem like they're a little too expensive. Like, Marcus Stroman's great. I don't know if I'd pay as much as he is. I I don't know if I'm going over $9,000 for Marcus Stroman on a slate like this. Uh, I don't know why (laughs) Kyle Hendricks is like $9,800. Doesn't make any sense to me. But... There's still some value here, and I I wanted to single out two of the, like, quote-unquote elite guys who are just in great matchups and great spots. And I think Freddie Peralta is probably the person who a lot of people are going to gravitate towards, and I would agree with that. I'm, like, 95% in on Freddie Peralta is going to have an amazing start on Tuesday. He's $10,000 exactly. So far this season, he's got a 2.28 ERA, and even though a lot of that is a 197 BAPIP, his expected ERA is 2.50. So even with some BAPIP regression, probably do, all of his ERA estimators still love Freddie Peralta in 2021. That's how well he's pitched. And it's the strikeout stuff from a DFS capacity that really catches your eye. 14.8% swinging strike rate, 35.9% K rate. And then you've got the matchup against the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have been absolutely terrible. It's all anyone is talking about when they're talking about the Diamondbacks. They lose basically every night, and their offense has been putrid. Uh, In the month of June, entering play on Monday, 67 WRC+, dead last in baseball, 110 isolated power, dead last in baseball in that span of time. This is the 5%, though. This is the one thing I wanted to mention, and maybe this is me overthinking just an obvious smash spot. But if it goes wrong for Peralta on Tuesday, here is why. The one thing I can say about the Diamondbacks' offense, it's not even a positive. It's just like a fact. They have a lot of switch hitters. They have a lot of platoon hitters. And they have a lot of left-handed bats. There is a chance they have six or seven left-handed bats in their lineup on Tuesday. Now, why is that important? Well, Peralta has dominated right-handed hitters. Whether you want to go by FIP or XERA, whatever metric you want to use, he has been deadly right on right. He has been getting hit a little bit by left-handed bats. Now, 
the Diamondbacks don't have the highest quality of left-handed bats. And I think at the end of the day, that's probably the most important aspect. That's the most important thing to take away from this conversation. But I did also, also want to point out Peralta's strikeout rate right on right, 44%. His strikeout rate against lefties, just 28%. Again, that's a great number. 28% strikeout rate in a vacuum is fantastic, but 44% against right-handers. So if he's only going to get one or two right-on-right matchups on Tuesday, that could limit his ceiling. Still, I love Peralta, but that's just me playing devil's advocate for a second as to what could maybe limit his ceiling on Tuesday. Okay, let's go a little bit lower down to $9,400 where we find Lucas Giolito, who is in another just good matchup. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, they don't strike out a lot, um, so that's not necessarily the best However, Giolito is somebody who brings his own upside when it comes to strikeout rate. Uh, so far this season, it's been hovering around 30%, which is a slight drop-off from where it was in 2019 and 2020. However, his last four starts, there's some good and some bad. So his last four starts, the good is 36.3% strikeout rate. Hooray! That's, that's really nice. The bad, 2.4 home runs per nine in that span of time. But this is where the Pirates really factor in. Uh, Pittsburgh, coming into Monday, for the season as a whole, had just a 123 isolated power against right-handed pitching. That's the lowest mark in all of baseball. So if the issue, if the red flag with Giolito lately has been, this is someone who gives up home runs, I don't think the Pirates are equipped to hit home runs off of Lucas Giolito. Again, the, th the two best hitters in Pittsburgh's lineup by far, he, Brian Hayes, and Brian Reynolds, I mean, both are great, regardless of split, but specifically, they crush left-handed pitching. So, I think this is a pretty good spot. If you want to call it a bounce back, you can call it a bounce back. But again, this is someone striking out 36% of opponents' his last four starts. So, I like Giolito a lot at 9,400. Okay, so let's... There's obviously great pitching. We've talked about that a lot. What about some cheap pitching? So, two guys caught my eye. I'm only going to really break down one. But I do want to give a quick shout-out to someone who I have constantly just berated on this show. Tarek Skubal still giving up a lot of home runs, but the strikeout numbers, his past seven or eight starts, have been phenomenal. And while St. Louis does hit lefties pretty well, they haven't been hitting much at all in the month of June. So if you want to take a flyer on the high strikeout upside that Skubal brings to the table, that's not the worst idea on Tuesday. However, I think Ross Stripling is a better value pitching option. And he's another guy who I have said various negative things about in the past three months. However, sometimes with, you know, I, I often bring up, okay, this guy's been pitching well his last five or six starts. Here are the stats, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes, though, when it comes to these cheaper guys who have, like, turned their season around, you want a tangible reason as to why the numbers have changed. And we have one of those with Stripling. Uh, the story goes that heading into what was going to be a bulk appearance for him against the Tampa Bay Rays about a month ago, uh, Jays pitching coach Pete Walker had sort of said, you're clearly tipping your pitches. Something's going on. Um, and Stripling completely overhauled his windup. And he's hiding the ball better. Uh, the results have been there. So we have an actual like pinpoint moment when we can say this is when things have turned around for Stripling and here is likely why that happened. So 
since that game against the Rays. He would end up pitching seven innings, seven scoreless innings of relief in that contest against Tampa Bay. So, going back to May 24th, the day that happened, Stripling has thrown 29 in the third innings, 2.45 ERA, 25.4% strikeout rate, and holding opponents to a 248 Woba. So not only is the contact suppression stuff very good, uh, which is kind of what Stripling had built his career around in Los Angeles, the strikeout numbers are at least slightly above average, 25.4%. So at just $5,700, going up against a Marlins team that has been pretty pedestrian, actually pedestrian's too 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 much of a compliment, uh, that has been bad against right-handed pitching. They've got a 135 isolated power, third worst in all of baseball. So this is a good matchup for anyone going up against the Marlins, uh, but Stripling has been pitching really well. He's, again, $5,700. Like He doesn't have to do much. If he can throw six good innings in this game, he's got a chance to bring back 3x value. So I think it's worth taking a shot with Stripling. Okay, before we get to the bets, let's talk about my favorite stacking opportunity on Tuesday's slate. And there's a couple pitchers who I love stacking against. I mean, I'm sure you guys have picked up on some of the patterns. Um, a couple guys are special, and they, they come around and you're like, I don't know how many more chances we're going to have to stack against this guy. And Eli Morgan, unfortunately, sort of falls into that category. Uh, Morgan, just an emergency call-up by Cleveland. They need starting pitching right now, and they don't have a lot of places to turn. Uh, this is someone who wasn't even like a top 30 prospect in their system. He's got like an 89-mile-per-hour fastball. Like He just doesn't look like a pitcher in 2021, uh, and he's been hit hard in his two starts. Uh Three home runs allowed in six and a third innings. 15.4% uh, of his batted ball events have been barreled. That is a hefty, hefty rate. Um, I just, he's not long to pitch in the majors, and I think we're only going to get so many chances to stack against Eli Morgan. So for as bad as the Cubs have been in the month of June, although they still hit home runs, they still got power, so that's nice when we're, we're talking about, like, raw ceiling of a stack, run scoring potential. Um... There, there's a lot to like with the Cubs. I, I just think that contact rate, I mean, it's a team that strikes out a ton, but Eli Morgan is not a strikeout pitcher. So you're going to have more contact from the Cubs in this game. It's going to be hard contact. I, I think they're, this is going to be a nice bounce-back performance for this Cubs offense. So you've got Chris Bryant at 5-2, uh, Rizzo at 4-9, Jock at 4-7, Baez at 4-3, Contreras at 4-1. Um, all your regular guys at the top of that lineup at kind of a discount. Like, Baez has been in the mid-five, so has Rizzo so far this season. So getting those guys under $4,000 or $5,000, excuse me, is a really nice uh, situation. And then you kind of see how the, the back half of the lineup shakes out. Like, does Patrick Wisdom hit sixth? If so, really nice spot to use him. Uh, maybe Ian Happ is hitting sixth. And he's just $3,300. And I'll say this, Happ's having a terrible season. But all of the power he has shown in 2021 has come as a left-handed batter against right-handed pitching. So it's a good spot to use any Cub, especially if they find themselves in the top six spots in this lineup. So whoever ends up hitting sixth, I think, could be a potential value play here, whether it's Wisdom or it's Hap. Okay, best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook to wrap up this Tuesday preview video. Uh, let's go back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I am going to take the White Sox on the run line at minus 107. So again, this is Giolito versus Tyler Anderson. Anderson has been putrid as of late, just to go over those stats one more time. 
602 slugging percentage, 401 Woba to opponents his last five starts. Also, the White Sox, just historically dominant against left-handed pitching. So, they are 44-15 their last 59 games against a left-handed starter. They are 24-8 their last 32 road games against a left-handed starter. They are also one of very few teams in baseball with a winning record on the run line. They are 39-33 and 33 coming into Monday on that run line. Around 54% of the time they get this done. So I like the White Sox a lot. I just think it's a lopsided pitching matchup, and I don't think they have any trouble scoring runs against Pittsburgh on Tuesday. The other bet I wanted to talk about, and this kind of another sort of full circle sort of bet here, uh, Toronto and Miami under seven and a half runs at minus 103. We talked about Ross Stripling. Uh, this is also a National League game, so the Jays are going to lose the bat of probably Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, there's a chance that George Springer is back for this one, but maybe the Jays don't do that because they can't DH him in the National League. I don't know, but they're going to lose one of their key bats, so that's something to think about. Uh, the Jays' bullpen has also been super shaky lately, but at the very least, it's a rested bullpen. Uh, you know, they, they had Monday off. Same with the Marlins, so they're also going to have a rested bullpen. But Sandy Alcantara should not be overlooked in this spot. Uh, his last six starts, 1.91 ERA. Granted, the one bad start in that six-start span was against the Jays uh, in Buffalo, but I just think that Alcantara is someone who I respect a great deal. I think Stripling slash just Miami's offensive struggles lately leads me to believe this is going to be a low-scoring game. So I'll take the under 7.5 at minus 103 to go along with Chicago on the run line at minus 107. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.